Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Music Box with Tanya Dallas Lewis, where there is love inside, bringing you the hottest gospel and Christian music, interviews that are all the way live, and the latest Christian and gospel news. So don't touch that dial. D-O-D-2. Thank you so much for tuning into the Music Box with your homegirl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Happy Thursday to you as we broadcast live from the DMV. Of course, I'm talking about D.C., Maryland, Virginia, the metropolitan area. And God is good all the time, and all the time he is good. So if you're not serving him, you might want to reconsider because you're missing out on a whole lot of awesome relationship with the Creator. Amen, amen. Well, my name is Tanya Dallas-Lewis, and I am the host of The Music Box. It's the place where you'll find love inside. I'm also a national recording artist, really international recording artist, as my CDs are being sold in the U.K. Can you believe it? I can't either. It's exciting. Wow. There's somebody in the U.K., is being blessed by the music that God has loaned to me for his glory, of course, not my own, not my own. 
Well, man, we have a great show lined up for you all today. My special guest, Apostle William Dallas, will be joining us in about 10 minutes. He is in the virtual green room, sitting and chilling and probably eating some virtual chicken, fried chicken, collard greens, cornbread, macaroni and cheese, (laughs) all that stuff. Speaking of eating, matter of fact, I was outside with my niece, my 15-year-old niece today, and we were having lunch. And the bees, y'all, the bees, they were all over the place. They were just bothering me and bothering me. And I, I think it's because they think that I am a flower or something. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but it was too funny. They just kept coming around and around and around and around and just driving me crazy, 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 crazy. And I had to keep telling them, I am not a flower. I know I look like a flower, but I am not a flower. I am a human. Because really, this is what I tell my kids when it comes to bees. You know, don't run from them. Don't swat them. They're really just, you know, coming up close just to see what you are. It takes them a minute to figure out, you know, what you are, you know. And then especially during the summertime when the ladies are wearing perfume and all that stuff, they get a little bit confused. But I didn't have any perfume. And they were bothering me. They were driving me crazy. Just crazy. You hear me? They were driving me crazy. So anyway, it's Thursday, and tomorrow is Friday. Matter of fact, you guys, I woke up this morning thinking that today was Friday. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) But tomorrow is Friday, and so happy Friday to you early. Uh, Some say it's TGIF for Thank God It's Friday. I say it's Thank God I'm Forgiven. All right, it's the music box with your homegirl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. We got some great music lined up for you guys today. You guys, we opened up hearing Canton Jones, one of my favorite holy hip-hop artists, and he's also been a guest on the show. And you know what? Block Talk Radio has just launched a new switchboard, so I'm playing with it today. So let me know you how you like what I'm doing, uh, just getting used to it and you guys will be my guinea pig. So thank you once again for taking time out of your Thursday to hang out with your other sis, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, on the Music Box on Blog Talk Radio. Fourth of July weekend is coming up. Excited, excited, excited. All right, I'm going to let you guys finish listening to Kenton Jones. Man, he is electric. I don't know if any of you have had the honor or pleasure of seeing Kenton Jones in concert. But he is bad. Let me tell you how bad he is. I was thinking my mom wouldn't like him. I recently, well, it wasn't recently. I think this was last year. Yeah. Was it last year? Yeah, it was. Okay. It was last year. And I was uh, on a Radio 1 Unity in the Community event. And myself, uh, Lowell Pye, Kent Jones, uh, I'm trying to remember who else was on the lineup, but Sean Mitchell, some others, uh, were on the lineup for this particular uh, event. And uh, Kent Jones was up there performing. And afterwards, my mom wanted me to go get his CD. I couldn't believe it. I got it autographed and signed for her. But I was like, Mom, are you sure? Did you, did you hear what he was singing? You know, because I'm thinking she wouldn't like him because he does, you know, holy hip-hop, not traditional gospel or contemporary. But she loved him. She loved him, y'all. All right, more of your favorite music right here on the Music Box. And like I said, in just about a few minutes, we'll have our special guest. Apostle William Dallas. He's going to be telling us about his life story. I promise you guys you want to stick around and listen to his story. It should be, it's made for a movie, I'm telling you. And he's also going to be talking about his new book. I'm so excited. And uh, a lot of you are like, 
is that your dad? Is that your uncle? Are y'all related? Well, you'll have to stick around and find out. Make sure you tell your mama and your friends that the music box is on. Tweet them, Facebook them. I don't care what you got to do. Let them know that they can call in to area code 646-652-2106 and be a part of the show.
fam. If you enjoyed that, that was my dear friend, Zedric T. He is a saxophone player, and he is a new artist on the rise and doing his thing. That was going up yonder. Do you all remember that from back in the day? I do. Remember? If you want to know where I'm going, where I'm going, if anybody wants to know, if you want to know. Oh, gosh, I'm about to have church right here. In the studio, that's Jermaine Hawkins going up yonder. And, of course, that was Zedric Teague. So I hope you enjoyed that. He's a good friend of mine, and he is mad talented on those, well, pipes. Well, it's just one pipe, right? Okay, it's a saxophone. So you know what I mean. Just have a couple of announcements right before we bring on our guest, Apostle William Dallas. He's waiting in our green room so patiently, and as I promised, he would be up at 8.15. So we've got just one minute to go. Just uh, want to encourage you guys to check me out. On YouTube, that's right, Singing in the Kitchen with Tanya Dallas-Lewis. You guys got to check out those things. They're a lot of fun to do. And my latest one, let me know what you think. Um, Some of you have left comments actually on YouTube, but if you want to make it easy, just go to my Facebook page and click on the link and let me know what you think. This week I did Simply Redeemed, and I love that song. Uh, Isaac Carey does it as well as Heather Headley. And Brian Courtney Wilson. I played it on the show last week, and my dear friend, who's also a recording artist, Angela Bryant Brown, fell in love with that song. So y'all let me know what you think about that. Also, lastly, uh, I will be joining Dr. Bobby Jones and the Nashville Super Choir for the BET Soundstage live taping in Washington, D.C. on July 30th. So I'm really excited about that. Um, BET and I have a lot in common right now, especially because they are airing heavily the Something About a Miracle music video for me. So I am just grateful to be in the place uh, and sharing the stage with some of gospel's best and brightest. So that's really exciting. You guys make sure that you guys do what you can to get a ticket. And be there, again, that's going to be July 29th, 30th, 31st, and then August 5th, 6th, and 7th. There are three shows each day, and I am on the 30th uh, at 6 p.m., so make sure you guys tune in, okay? If you want to know more about me, my name is Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Please visit me at tanyadallaslewis.com, and feel free to book me because I don't just sing, okay? I'm a music workshop clinician. I'm also a vocal coach. And I also work with youth choirs, adult choirs, youth praise and worship teams, adult praise and worship teams. So bring me into your church. I would love to serve with you guys there. So as I promised, and you guys know I keep my promises, but you have to make sure you keep it locked to the music blocks. The music box. Speaking of blocks, I know y'all are like, would you shut up? (laughs) I was playing blocks with my five-year-old this week while my uh, nephew and son were playing on the Wii. Do you know they got off the Wii to come and play with the blocks? Is that funny or what? I mean, we were building castles. We were having contests of who could make, like, a sofa or a chair. It was a lot of fun. I'm telling you, it never hurts to go back to the basics when you're playing with your kids. All this technology stuff keeps them cooped up inside doors and all that stuff. Man, get out the old stuff. I'm telling you, they will want to play with it. Well, as promised, my dear friend, uncle, that's what I call him, William Dallas is our guest today, and I believe he is waiting in the virtual green room. Let's see if he's there. Uncle William, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? 
I sure can. Welcome to the music box. Wow. How are you? Wonderful. I did. Obviously, I did it right. That was some good chicken. Thank you very much. <laughs> you like the virtual chicken? Because if you didn't, I was going to say I didn't cook it. Well, it was very good virtual chicken. You want to hear something really interesting? Right before you called, I yeah. was sitting there listening to the recording. I had it on the speaker, and I was actually eating a piece of chicken. When you said, he's eating chicken, I'm like, oh, my God, she's prophetic. I'm prophetic. What can I say? No, just like. Yeah. It, look, it runs in the bloodline. It runs in the bloodline. That's, just, just, that's right. It does. It does. And just for those of you who are just now tuning in, let me thank you and let you know what's going on right now. I have on the phone. My uncle, William Dallas, he is Apostle William Dallas. And uh, in 1991, he began to further his studies by attending the School of the Prophets in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he has served as an instructor teaching prophets uh, on the fundamentals of prophetic ministry. And I'm so glad to have him on the phone today because we're going to be talking about a few things. But I've always wondered about the School of the Prophets. I'm like, how do you go to school to be a prophet? I mean, aren't you just, you know, you're God's mouthpiece? You know, why do you have to go to school to learn to be a prophet? I always thought that didn't make any sense. So I'm glad to hear so you can help clear that up for me. He, Apostle Dallas continued to develop his calling while being an associate minister, minister at Church on the Rock Incorporated, where he served as director of Christian education and coordinator of the Men's Fellowship. So you got an um, amazing and impressive uh, um, uh, bio, but I, I, I don't want to continue to read it because they're going to find out more about you and your book. But let's talk about how we met really quickly. I'm going to let you tell the story. Uh, <laughs> it's a Facebook thing. It's a Facebook thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, basically, I was on Facebook. And I, I don't know how in the world I got across this thing. In fact, I was typing, and one of your – as a matter of fact, somebody has one of your videos, and your video came up, and I was kind of, you know, grooving to it, which I didn't tell you about. And I saw Dallas. I'm like, hmm. That says, that's Dallas. So we, I did my little thing and my, my due diligence. I was afraid. I didn't want you to think I was some kind of crazy going, hey, my name's William Dallas. Are you a part of this family of this bloodline? You are the most welcoming person in the world. You didn't care. Like, hey, I, I know I'm on the tree somewhere. I'm there. Yeah, you're my new uncle. Praise God for you. Amen. <laughs> and kept going. And that was just, it was wonderful. I called all my sisters and siblings and said, guess what? We have a new relative. He said, new? I said, she's a Dallas. That's right. That's right. And I told you when we talked on the phone that uh, there was a book written about the Dallas years ago when I was like 15 or 16. And the book said that Dallas is a rare last name and more than likely, uh, every Dallas is related. So I'm sure if we went and traced back on the bloodline, we would find that we are related. And I've already claimed it, so it's already done. Okay, well, but anyway, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, I love to share with our listeners your story. You know, I've been broadcasting and promoting this particular uh, broadcast, letting people know that you have a story <laughs> that to me is made for the movie screen. And of course, you know, we already talked about it probably won't be a movie uh, so you can protect, you know, the uh, people who are involved, but there you go. But do you mm-hmm. mind sharing just a little bit of, of your testimony and, uh, you know, what you where told me? Where do you me? want to start? Where do you want to start? Give me where you, where you want me to start. Where, where do you remember? What stood out to you? And I, I think we were talking about uh, relationships, actually. Um, you were Ooh. telling me about. You know, is that is that too hot for the, for the radio airways? If it is, we can I, I don't know. Well, well, we'll we'll deal with that. We'll, I don't know okay. if we we want to do. Let's 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 do the supernatural stuff. We're kind of working, and you you pose your questions, and I'll answer your questions. I'll let you interview me this time. Um, okay. Let me, let's, let's 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 back up to the the the, the crazy details. 
um, the, the crazy details. And, again, I have to make sure I protect the innocent because there's some crazy things that, did, that God did in the lives that happened in my life and because of those. So we we'll started at 12 years old. 12 years old, okay. you know, um, grandmother passed away, yada, 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 all those different things happened. And as she passed away, one of the things my grandmother had is that she had a very strong gift. And at that time, they didn't know whether it was in, whether it was witchcraft or whatever because as, as you're 12, you don't really know about the gift. So I was I loved my grandmother and yada, yada, yada. But what happened was when she passed away, I believed that they, everybody believed that she left her gift. So one day I'm sitting by my mother and my, my family is playing cards. And while they're playing cards, they asked me to sit down and watch. And I'm 12. So while I'm sitting there, all of a sudden I hear a phone ring. And it is ringing so loud. And it rings and rings and rings and rings and rings. And I'm sitting there wondering why my parents don't get up and get it. So finally I tap my mother on the leg and go, Mama, answer the phone. Answer the phone. And she looks down at me and she says, what phone? And instantly the phone begins to ring. Wow. The whole table sits still. And they're like, you heard a phone? I said, I heard it. And, you know, I'm 12. I'm like, yeah, I heard the phone. And I walked away. It was no big deal. From that point on, it was almost like God segregated me from the family. So everything that he did for me from that, from 12 years old up until maybe about 35 or 40, none of my family knew what was going on. They had no idea, had no clue. He was doing amazing supernatural things. Uh, I mean, amazing, amazing. I, uh, let's move to 13 years old. Um, we were not poor, but we were not on the top of the financial total pole. My mother always taught me whenever you wanted something, go into your secret closet and pray. Now, I'm, I'm 13. She says, closet, you walk into a closet and pray. So <laughs> I'm searching around for my baseball glove. Somebody gave it to me. Could not find it to save my life. So I searched the house and searched the house and searched the house. So I said, my mother said, go in your closet. So I went into my closet. I closed the door, and I'm sitting in the dark, and I said, God, my mother told me that whenever I need something, I'm supposed to talk to you. So here I am talking to you. Where is my baseball glove? Tanya, I walked out the door. It was sitting right in front of the closet. I grabbed it, kept on going. Wow. He dealt with me. That was that was the the way he brought me up through through the ranks. And even when it came to relationships, and so we're going to use it to protect the innocent. Um, I got married very young, and when I got married very young, I was not—I didn't get married because I was in love. I never dated in school. I just—it was—I was around. I have what six sisters? Six sisters. I'm the only boy. I'm the oldest boy. I was so tired of women; it was crazy. I mean, I probably know more <laughs> about control top pantyhose, and I probably more. I, I can braid hair. I don't know if I try hard enough, I might be able to do a, a mean perm. But wow. in that process, um, I just, I just, it was just live the life. I just wanted to live. I just wanted to, you know, be away from women. So I didn't date through high school and college. And what happened was, during that time, I was going to this particular church, and I, I, I hung out with this lady for a long, long, long time, and I said, "Hey, guys, you need to be married. You just need to be married." So I'm. One of those would believe that the pastor is the final authority from God. So what did I do? We got engaged. As, the, as we got engaged, I realized I didn't want to get married, so I went to the young lady and said, listen, I'm not ready to get married. I've never dated. I've just, it's just been you. And so, of course, she was a little upset, and I left. When I left, someone broke into her house about 30 days later and raped her. Mm. When that happened, I got a call from the pastor saying, see, this is what happened. Had you told, had you married her like you were supposed to, she wouldn't mm. be in this shape. So me being the man, the man of God and the, and the person of honor that I thought I was, I married her. So from that point on, you carry around the weight of the responsibility 
as well as the weight of trying to obey God and understanding at that point there was a prophetic gift there. There was a, a, a major prophetic gift going on, and God was doing these supernatural things for me. So in the process of it, it wasn't a very great time, but God was still doing things. I mean, raising the dead, blinded eyes. I mean, he was doing amazing, 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 amazing things to that thing. So I'll kind of stop right there right right now um, to kind of okay. give you some breathing room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, listening to to you tell the story and me having some, you know, more of the details, but, of course, of trying to protect mm-hmm. the innocent, you still mm-hmm. are being very transparent and open, and I appreciate that. Matter of fact, Randall uh, Walker in the chat room is saying, man, this is a very open and honest guest. So let's fast forward to, to basically uh, 1989. You answered your call to the prophetic ministry, and you began going to what's called a school of the prophets. Please tell me what that is. Now, I did do some Bible college. You know, I didn't graduate because I got married and had kids, but I just have three electives left to take. So I know that a prophet is a mouthpiece for God, someone who speaks, you know, on God's behalf. But I thought, you know, most people think of prophet as someone who can foretell or see the future. So clear that up for us. What What is the school of a prophet and what is a prophet? Well, the School of the Prophets is was basically a title. It was basically a Bible school, but the young the, the person that started the School of the Prophets basically was a prophet. So they were more leaning toward the prophetic gift, even though they taught about taught evangelists and elders and all the other thing and Bible studies and all that and, and, and homiletics and all that kind of stuff. But it was leaning toward prophet, the prophetic because at that time that pastor was extremely prophetic. But there what it taught you was there are principles that you honor as the prophetic. And, I, and now, uh, Tanya, I, I know you love me and I know we're, we're family, but, you know, get your, your thick skin on because you might get some calls about this. Okay. What happened was I was taught what the real prophetic was supposed to look like. And what the real prophetic is supposed to look like is a person that is, like you said, the mouthpiece of God. But the number one thing about any prophet is not his ability to prophesy, was his ability to stay in the presence of God. That was what the prophets oh. really were. So what happens is a lot of times what people do is they find themselves in positions where they do they do these different things and not understand that God is not just about what you got in your house and how many people sitting on your counter and how much money do you have in your wallet. It's about changing the atmosphere by speaking from the power and the mouth of God. So we were wow. taught that stringent teaching, teaching to the point that you had to stay in the presence of God because at any moment, if pastor looked at you and said, hey, what is God saying? You have to know that God's saying something. Not that thing about, you know, I see you got some money or I see you have some car or I see you this, I see you that. You have to know that there's an atmosphere change whenever God speaks. So you have to stay in his presence enough that at the split second of God needs you to speak, you speak. Second thing I was taught. A a prophet that is a true prophet has one ability that other people must must hold. You have to learn to keep your mouth shut. What? I thought that would kind of you would think it would be the opposite, you know? (laughs) Because look, I'm gonna tell you, and my mom can attest to this. She is. uh, I'm a pastor's daughter myself, as you know. In the Dallas, Mm -hmm. we have family. You know, we are family full of ministers, musicians, preachers, teachers. We would go. It didn't matter what church we went to visit. I would always be called up to the front, and somebody have to prophesy to me. I mean, after a while, it started driving me crazy. I'm like, Lord, can I just go to a church and sit down and nobody say nothing to me? But (laughs) I, I guess I think. 
you you just said that a prophet has to. One of the things you are also taught is you all have to learn to keep your mouth shut. I would think y'all would be talking all the time. Explain that. The the key to it. See here here herein is the thing. A mouthpiece of God. If you go to John the fifteenth chapter and the fifteenth verse, I believe it says, "I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends, because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing." I said that kind of the William Dallas translation. When I realized what what I was learning in that school was. If I learned to hold my tongue, God would tell me anything mm-hmm. he wanted me to know. The challenge wow. is everybody wants to know you want to be seen. I gave that word. I told you that. Didn't I tell you that? <laughs> Wasn't that me? Well, I said that. But what he was saying to me, if you can keep silent, I'll tell you things that are going to happen in the world, and I know that I, you can hold that information. Oh, I see. And that makes a lot of sense because some things God tells us is not for us to repeat. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm 36, you know, I'm just a baby. No, I'm just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, you are. but that's, that's one, one of the things that I have learned in my walk with the Lord is some things he tells me that I, it's not meant for me. You know how they say, you know, you can't share your vision with everybody because some people just exactly. aren't ready to hear it. They don't, they don't understand it. You know, uh, that might be one of the downfalls that, that Joseph had in the, the Old Testament. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, the story of Joseph and his brothers, you know, he told them his dreams and maybe he shouldn't have because they weren't quite ready to hear uh, that his, you know, that their seats were going to bow his. I mean, that enraged yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say, man, that makes a lot of sense. Third thing and the final thing that he told me is you're not a prophet. You're a vessel of the prophetic. Wow. Now, the challenge that most people are going to have is, well, I'm a prophet. I'm a title. But if I'm a vessel of the prophetic, and this is what God taught me, if I'm a vessel of the prophetic, I'm as, as, I'm as strong as whatever he pours into me. Wow. I'm as strong as whatever he pours into me. So that means that if I'm a vessel of the prophetic, that means I can move, act, maneuver, and be whatever the prophetic prophetic is. But if it's not something in me to be prophetic, I'm just his child. So that means if he tells me to go clean the bathroom, i got to clean the bathroom. I can't say, well, I'm too deep for that. I'm too much of a prophet to do that. But I'm his child before I'm a prophet. Now, that does not mean that God takes away because he honors what he called. He called me that. He honors that. So he leads me in those places. But there are times I have to be taught. There are places I go. I don't have to. I don't have to stand up and prophesy, or minister, or do anything like that. Why? Because I still have to have the ability for God to speak into me. Because I'm the, I'm a vessel of the prophet, the prophetic, which means my whole being. Now, there there are a couple of ways you hear, and I don't want to get into this too deep. Maybe some other time we'll get into it. There are a couple of ways that people hear. Some people hear audibly. Some people hear stirring in the spirit. There are people that hear dreams. There are people that get unctions and all those kind of things. I get all of that. Every bit of that. They, they, uh, let's see. Let me let me give you something really, 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 really quick. I'm in a revival one time, and while I'm in a revival, I'm talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? I said, because He's always giving you, you know that person's going to be blessed. I said, Lord, I want something more detailed. And He said, mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So I begin to minister to this young lady, and He said, I want you to ask that young lady who is Mary. And I'm I'm scared to death because He's never told me a name before ever. <laughs> I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, I'm not going to be wrong because I'm not a vessel. <laughs> I'm trying to be right or wrong. I'm trying to make sure I'm still prophetic. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it slick-wise. I'm not going to just say it out. I'm going to say, I hear a name of a young lady to see if she even has any sisters. You got to work that. And I hear a name of a young lady. She goes, "Mm mm-hmm. And I said, I think the name is Mary. Tanya, she starts to scream and starts (laughs) screaming, screaming, screaming. And I'm like, is it right? Is it right? Is it right? She said, yeah. And she points over into into the audience, and she said, that's my sister Mary over there. Wow. I was like, 
wow, God. Because he wants to, there is a there is a supernatural transition that's happening in the body of Christ. And in that process, he's doing some things that are great. And Tanya, I'm trying my best to hold my hold my peace, but give me a moment just for you. Just just for you. Okay? Okay. While we were talking, the Lord began to speak to me, and when he spoke to me, he spoke to me these words about you. He said, where he has you is a position that is not the high position, it's not the low position. It is a, a, a vulnerable, not a vulnerable position. It is a position of movement. He can move you anywhere, anytime. That's why he's not pulling too much. He doesn't need anybody pulling on you because he's about to send you to some new places. But he said these words to tell you. He said, when you sing, I begin to respond. Hmm. The sound of music causes God to respond. Now, I'm about to give a teaching for everybody, and I probably should patent this teaching. I, I asked this question one time in service. I said, what is the first time God ever heard music? And everybody goes, well, this, or this, 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 that, this. God heard the sound of creation creating music. Wow. When he heard the sound of creation creating music, that sparred. Every time God heard creation or every time God heard praise, he began to create. That's what the importance of Lucifer was. And the Spirit of God told me to tell you that when you begin to sing, the Spirit of God begins to create around you. He begins to create favor around you. He creates movement around you. So when you begin to sing, that's why you sing everywhere. And you just it's like you want to sing everywhere. Because you create as you begin to sing. And as you begin to sing, God begins to create opportunities. And you can even direct your songs, which will direct opportunities and direct the move of God in people's life. Now, that's, I have, I've been wanting to say that, and I finally said it. So in the process of it, he taught me to be a vessel. So I can be wherever he wants me to be and do whatever he wants me to do because I learned how to, number one, prophesy when he said it. Don't, be, get, don't get caught up in my name. Number two, Realize when there was a time to be silent. And number three, realize that I'm his vessel. So whatever he wants to pour into me, he can pour into me, whether he wants to pour it through a dream, pour it through a vision. And I've even sung a song every once in a while, pour it through a song. He <laughs> is a vessel. Right, I, I'm a, well, I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you now. <laughs> I've heard you. I'm going, well, I guess I'll never have to sing again. <laughs> I, heard you, I heard you, YouTube. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I guess I will never. If I'm ever in the service with you, <laughs> I'm going to come and say, I need my niece to come up here and sing this one for me because I don't think I need to delve into that. I will stay apostolic or prophetic or, or evangelistic if I need to be. But I let her handle all of that. So, Amen. Well, I, re- I received that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Any more questions now? I, I can talk yes, I do. And we just have a few more minutes left uh, with you. We have Reverend John Fletcher, who's also in the green room, waiting for his turn. Uh, twice a month he'll be joining us here on the Music Box to do a wow. marriage minute, help y'all married folks out there stay married in the name of Jesus. But, yes, if you're just tuning in, you're hanging out with the other sis, Tanya Dallas Lewis. And I've got Apostle William Dallas, and he is schooling us uh, about prophecy and, and what all that entails and all that he's learned. And, man, I want to talk about uh, your new book. you got a book out, so I do want to make sure before we let you go that you talk oh, about yeah. that and how our Music Box listeners can get a hold of this book. Because, you know, I support you, I'm rooting for you, and I've, you know, in my spirit I know that you are who you say you are and you serve the same God that I serve. And, I, I man, we are kingdom laborers together. So tell us about your book. The book is called The Art of Connection. It's 
um, the learning the art of communication through learning connection through the canvas of communication. It's called the art of communication. It is a book on relationships on how to connect, communicating, collect connection through communication. So it's about how to communicate in relationships and what to say. It's biblically based. Um, we don't throw too many scriptures. We give you a lot of information that helps you to learn how to talk to each other. I think that's one of the biggest problems. You said something earlier about the electronic world where everybody's now stuck inside. It has pulled us away from face-to-face communication. We don't communicate with people. Uh, it, it, it's true. crazy. People will blog me, and it takes me 30 minutes to blog you back when you would have called me up, and it, could have, it, it would have taken about <laughs> two minutes. I know um, that's right. So the book is about that. If you go to, you can either, if you for quick sake, you can call me at 770-744-2411, 770-744-2411, and I can get you the information you need, or you can simply go to the website. I give them the back door until I change the thing. It's to, the number two, connect.weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. To, the number two, the word connect, dot weebly dot com and that's what that'll take you to the website you can read excerpts of the book and that kind of thing um it's 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 very good when it talks about if you're if you're in a in a relationship when it comes to someone and it's hard to communicate because there's so many different ways to do it so i give you a couple of ways that to talk to people because some people don't don't speak as freely as you and i may do sometimes so right. what happens is i tell them you know use the email use Use voicemail. Use any kind of way to get a calm response instead of an angry response when it comes to those. So I teach you a couple of those things and talk to you about how men here, and this is, this one's for you. You ready, Tanya? You ready, Tanya? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Men I'm ready. He, women here, mind, spirit, then body. Mm-hmm. Men here, body, mind, then spirit. Hmm. Women here, mind. Mind. Spirit, then Spirit. body. Then body. Men here, body. Body. Mind. Mind. Then spirit. Then spirit. Okay. Okay. You got that? No. Example. I do. I right look there. at a car. Uh huh. I look at a car and I go, hmm, that's a nice car. It can be a Ferrari. It can be the nicest car in the world. Like, oh my God, that's a great car. It catches my mind. It catches that. I mean, catches my the, the physical. Then I think right. about, hmm, I don't want to buy that car. You're crazy. I wouldn't even want to buy that car. <laughs> it never gets to the spirit. A woman will look at that car and go, oh, that's an ugly color. Look at it. She's already thinking about it. She's already got her mind working around what it means. It's an ugly color. And she's, oh, my God. And then from that point on, it never makes it to the spirit. Now, this is the last one, and then I'm going to get leave this alone. A woman looks at a man. She looks at the man. She thinks about the man. If the man is communicating with her, what he has to realize is he he has to come from his second step, which is his mind, to speak to the woman. Nine times out of ten, he comes from the first step. Honey, you look pretty. Honey, sure you look does. cute. Honey, you look, right. you look sexy. Why? Because that's the first part he sees. She's already thinking now. She's already thinking. I don't like the shoes. That doesn't match with that. He smells funny. He looks funny. <laughs> She's thinking. So what happens is there has the only place that we meet on a common ground his spirit. Wow. That's deep. And, you know, 
I wish you could stay longer so we could talk more about it. I'm laughing because it's it's true. What you're saying is so, so true. And even with my husband, I, I changed. I had to alter, you know, the art of connection, your book. I had, to, I had to alter the way I talked to him because men, y'all are bottom line. Y'all just want to know the bottom line. Whereas women, like you said, we want to talk about the details. We want to tell you how, when, what, where, and then we'll get to the point. And so a lot of our communication has gone a lot better when I learn to communicate like my husband, and then he tries to kind of learn to communicate like I communicate. That way we're on the same wavelength instead of when we first got married, it was like he was speaking Japanese and I was speaking French. It was crazy. So that is very um, insightful. And just even that little tip uh, will help take me. This. Here's your, here's your tip for you. Daily reminder. Tell, all, tell all your girlfriends, fact first, then fluff. Fact, then fluff. Fact, <laughs> then fluff. Yes, yeah, we're talking to to our our, mm-hmm. our husbands and and men and you know sons. We will try to do that, but with each other, trust me, it's fluff first. <laughs> yes, fluff first. I mean, tell them everything. Tell them everything she wants to know. And men, don't get upset. She it doesn't mean she's always nosy. It just means she needs more information to insulate. It's in the book. It's in the book. It's in the there book. you go. There you go. Well, his book is called The Art of Connection. That's right. I'm talking about Apostle William Dallas. And if you're just tuning in, you missed it. He was an awesome interview giving out great, enlightening information. And don't worry, because these episodes of Lock Talk Radio on the Music Box are archived. So as soon as this show is over, you can uh, come to the Music Box website and click on the link. Matter of fact, I will uh, paste the link on my page. I'm sure Apostle Williams will make sure that it's available so that you too uh, can hear an amazing conversation. Apostle Williams, Uncle Will, that's what I call you, thank you so much for joining today's show and being so transparent. And you know what? You know I'm going to invite you to come back at a later date. You just have to. You can't say no. I'm yours. Just let me know when and where. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Everybody was great listening. I, I, I hope I didn't step on too many toes. So uh, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> but you know what? Me, if they so did, glad. they can feel free to, to let me know, and we'll have you, like I said, have you back on the show again. And would you be open to people calling in and asking questions? Are you open to that? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Okay. As a matter of fact. Because I know I'll you're be... currently traveling the country and sharing yeah. life-changing revelation of God's power and love. You are doing so much, and we are rooting. I'm rooting for you, as you know. Well, tell them to go to if, you, if even now you have a Facebook a question, go to go to one of our Facebooks. Go to either yours or mine. Send a question, and we'll kind of we'll even set it up. Who knows? One day we'll set up all the questions, and then just go through and answer questions, and then just go one through a hundred and answer questions. Who knows? We may do it that way. All right. Wouldn't it be cool? I I, I think we will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, it was Uncle wonderful. Will, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk later. Bye, guys. We should. All right. You take care. Have a good night. Okay. Well, that was Apostle William Dallas, and I don't know about you guys, but I learned so much. And then he prophesied to me, too. Woo! Who can, who can, who can get better than that, I tell you? God is not, you know, people say, oh, he's mysterious. Oh, yes, he is, but guess what? He doesn't want to remain a mystery to you. God is knowable, and that's one of the reasons why I sing and why I write the songs that I write. Because I want people to know, especially those of you out there who are not quite sure what you believe about God, that he is knowable and he does want to know you and he wants you to know him. Uh, It's called intimacy. He wants relationship. So more than rules and regulations and all that stuff. Remember, John 3.17. I know y'all know John 3.16, but John 3.17 sums it up as well. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world 
but that the world through him might be saved. He loved us that much to send someone to stand in our place to pay the debt we could never pay just so that we could be in internal fellowship and good standing with him. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God I love to serve. Serve. He is my deliverer. All right? That's what we're going to listen to. Coming up next, Mandisa, my home girl from uh, one of the earlier cycles of American Idol. And as soon as that song is done, we will have Reverend John Fletcher. He is our marriage counselor, okay? He is the marriage minute guy here on the Music Box, and he has been waiting patiently in the virtual green room. So we want to get him on here and chit-chat with him for a minute. If you have a question for him or something you'd like him to expound on, Please, please, please just press 1. You can tell your friends to dial in at 646-652-2106 to talk to Reverend John Fletcher. And for those of you in the DMV, he is open for business. He can see you, counsel you. Matter of fact, you don't have to be here. Uh, You can call him on the phone. And uh, if you have health insurance plans, man, I'm sure he's included in that. And he will get with you and help you, even if you don't. This man is an amazing brother, musician, friend, reverend. He's all those things. And mayor's counselor. I said that already, right? All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And remember, you're chillaxing with Tanya Dallas-Lewis right here on the Music Box. Here's Mandisa's My Deliverer. If you're just tuning in, you're hanging out with your homegirl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. We are chillaxing here on the Music Box. Uh, it's one of my favorite places to be on Thursday nights, and I am excited. I don't know about you guys, about my next guest. Uh, you know, I told you about him just a few minutes ago, and his name is Reverend John Fletcher. Reverend Fletcher, are you there? I am here. How are you, Tanya? I'm doing great. How about you? I am doing very great. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for hanging out in our virtual green room. I hope the food and, you know, the drinks and everything was, you know, up to your standard. Fantastic. Yes, exactly. No, I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed your interview. But you just, you just completed. Oh, great. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, how the wife and the kids, everybody's doing well? Everyone's great. Yep. Yep, doing well. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, we have been looking forward to the marriage minute here on the Music Box, and uh, Reverend Fletcher, just really quickly, if you don't mind, introducing yourself to uh, the Music Box listeners and tell them a little bit about what you do, and then we'll go right into our Marriage Minute question for today. Um, I'm a psychotherapist. I've been working in the Sterling, Virginia area for about 21 years, and I work mainly with children and teenagers, but work, as you would imagine, it ends up working with a lot of families and couples. Yeah, I work a lot with uh, post-traumatic stress and just love what I do. 
Wow. Wow. And you do it well, too. <laughs> you Thank do you. it well, which is why I thought it would be awesome to have you on the show to share some of uh, the wealth of wisdom uh, that you impart. So thank you so much for your time on this Thursday night. All right? Yep. Well, the question that I have for you uh, actually has to deal with a friend. Uh, She's been married, oh, man, maybe 20 years. And unfortunately, uh, her family's going through a tough time right now. Um, uh, She uh, cheated on her husband, so there was some infidelity, and he just cannot seem to get over it. So at this point, um, he's become very violent, uh, and their children are having to witness the aftermath uh, of his rage and his anger. And so I guess my question for you is, what does she do? And I know this is a complicated situation, so you can't really go into a lot of details, but for people who are experiencing um, life like this, what are some things that they can start off with to bring some healing? What would you recommend? Um, did you say she had the affair and his response yes. to it was with his rage? Okay. Um, yeah, it, 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 yes, yes. Well, the first of all, the best thing she could do is um, get in to see a counselor immediately because um, where there's no room for forgiveness, what her husband is doing is he is becoming the issue and not her, even though she may have committed the first sin, so to speak. His response is becoming the the greater sin, especially when it comes to the lack of forgiveness and resolution and its impact on the kids. So she needs to get in with a therapist, first of all, to demonstrate to her husband that she's getting help, and then hopefully to pull him in with her with a well-qualified therapist who can deal with, um, you know, why the impact of her infidelity is, is um driving him to be so angry and out of control with his own anger. Wow. So that, now, typically uh, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say that's the first thing she needs to do. She needs to demonstrate to him that, hey, I own this. Um, I don't own your rage and how you're treating me and the kids as a result, but I own what I did, so this is what I'm doing. Um, and then – because a lot of times – and that that is actually – a common response, especially from men when their wives um, have affairs. But most wives have affairs because there's something missing, you know, from the husband. And so mm-hmm. for her to get into counseling to say, hey, I'm taking the first step, or to her pastor or clergyman, I'm taking the first step, and then to pull him with the therapist in to figure out what's really going on inside of his heart um, in response to, you know, this betrayal, um, that, by far, that's the first thing that they need to do. Okay. Now, she, uh, he's kind of, what if, and I'm not going to talk about them anymore, I'm just going to give you some hypothetical scenarios. Yep. What if the husband is saying, I don't want to go to counseling, I don't want you going to counseling, I don't want anyone on our business. I mean, I hear this all the time. Um, as you yep. know, a couple of college friends and I, we started a, a nonprofit organization called Power of Praying Wives, uh, will we try to help, uh, you know, uh, married women in our age range, like 21 to 35, stay married? And a lot of times when there are issues uh, that make a couple vulnerable, it's typically the male who, I'm just being real, who does not want to go to counseling and then yep. forbids forbid their wife to go to counseling as well. So what if that is a scenario? What, what if your, your first recommendation is cannot work? What, what would you recommend then? Well, 
always in whether whether this is a Christian home or not, or whether she's a Christian or husband is not is not relevant. Because the husband's anger is out of control in this specific case, she needs to get help because that his response is indicative of a husband who when he's out of control like that, he will never gain control over it unless there's a third party involved. Men cannot get back under control of that. And so, you know, now it's a, if he's being physically violent, there's a safety issue. And like I said before, he's becoming the issue, even though, you know, she sort of was the trigger. So she must, must get help. When, when, when my wife and I cannot resolve something, um, and the next time Tom, you see her, you can ask her. There are a couple <laughs> men. There, you can. There are a couple of men above me that she, I give her the right, or she has the right to appeal to. Wow. And you know, I like that. You, remember, you remember Mitch and my best friend Doran. She can appeal to them because the husband, even though the husband biblically is the head of the wife, the husband is never the end of authority. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so the wife must always have someone above. It's a safety issue. She can appeal to the police, right? Or she appeals to the pastor, or someone in authority, the husband's best friend. But um, you know, the Bible gives the wife a lot of room, and, and anyone who preaches or teaches that submission means if a husband says you're not getting help, you're not telling anyone. That is not biblical at all because a husband does not have to obey someone who asks her to sin or tells her to sin. Absolutely. Right? And so covering up sin, whether it's the wife's sin or the husband's, is not relevant. So she is to directly appeal that to someone either in a spiritual authority over them, Uh whether they belong to a church or if it's a physical issue, appeal to the police, but she must protect herself and the kids. And sometimes the church or the law must stand between her and her husband so that the husband knows that that if I cannot control my anger, my wife will bring someone in who can. Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. Right? So we can lay this out on the table and say, okay, what's going on here? And then move, hopefully move on from there. Now, wife, I'd, I'd like to – go ahead. I was going to say, wife, every wife out there should know, if your husband loses control of his anger physically, he will mm-hmm. never bring that under control just between him and himself or himself and his wife. It never, it will never, ever happen. So don't let anyone tell a wife that. There's, there must be a third, third party brought in. I like that. Can you say that one more time? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm being really serious. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. Every wife must know that when it comes to, a, to especially men or, or a husband, if a husband loses control, physical control of his anger, he will never, by, by his human nature, bring that under control by himself or just between him and his wife. And that's why, wow. that's why scripturally there are 49 one another one another commands in the New Testament. We were never meant as children of God to keep our problems to ourselves. They never get resolved that way. 
And so wow. in the third now that, that third party might be the man's best friend. It may be her friend, but it must be a third party with a chain of accountability. Otherwise the anger may go beneath the surface and, and the mm-hmm. husband may not be physical again, but it will return. You can write that in stone. So always, especially when anger becomes physical, always go to a third party outside, regardless of what your husband says. Always. I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, I've, I've never quite heard it put that way before, so I'm loving this right now <laughs> because I'm learning a lot. Because, uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, couples, especially the couples my age, we do keep our problems to ourselves, and we do... Um, you know, just want to not get people involved. And that was a, a lot of the reasons for the purpose uh, that we created Power Praying Wife Incorporated, to let these women know that you're not alone, okay, and that and we, we want to serve as a good referral source to wives who have marriages that are in crisis or wives who are just, you know, married 10 years or less and still trying to get themselves together. So I, 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 I appreciate you sharing that information. That's wise, wise information. Right. And sometime maybe on one of our, one of our uh, interviews we could, do, we could do a real brief discussion on what is biblical submission because yeah. many people believe and wives are told that submission and obedience are the exact same thing, and they're not. No, they're but not. Look at the Greek. It's a completely different word that Paul uses in Ephesians. From the word he uses in the next chapter, and it says, children, obey your parents. And so, because the Bible gives wives and women a, a large breadth, a lot of power, a lot of influence within the marriage, that a lot of times isn't preached and isn't taught uh, for whatever reason, but the Bible really gives them, that, you know, the scriptures were the first written document we have that gave, that elevated the female to the level of male. It was the first time, and that's why Christianity was considered sort of a cult or a sect. Um, you know, in, in the uh, in the apostles' time, because of this new writing where women were equal with men, where barbarians were equal with um, Romans, where Jews were equal with you know Christians were equal with Jews. This was the first time this was ever was ever communicated um, in literature and in a philosophy, and so the same thing with submission. Um, so it might be a good idea at some point because a lot of wives don't understand. They think submission is obedience in the same way a child obeys a parent. And it right. might be good to take a couple of minutes and walk through that so that women understand, okay, this is what submission is. Gotcha. I would love to do that. I would love to do that the next time you come in. I would love it, love it, love it. Uh, okay. So thank we'll you so much for giving us, you know, you know I can't wait to share what you said with her. I, I kind of gave her, you know, similar advice, but you touched on a lot of things that I hadn't considered. And, again, I'm not, you know, a certified marriage counselor by any means, which is why I thought it would be awesome for you to come on the right. box twice a month and we tackle some of these subjects uh, that husbands and wives, you know, wrestle over. Because times have yep. changed, and we are more, a, you know, a isolated uh, society, with how, you know, yep. even with all the technology and its benefits, it also isolates us because we can Absolutely. just get an email or a text, and so those relationships are being, you know, kind of stunted and cut off every day more and more. Yep, that is exactly right, exactly right. Well, if That'd people want to reach out to you directly, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I would say I will look forward to having a discussion with you. Me too. And you know what I'd also like to discuss after we discuss that one <laughs> is why the double standard? I, it, it just baffles me that uh, if a man cheats, I'm telling you, John, at least I'm going to say eight times out of ten, we women, we will forgive y'all. I mean, we'll be upset and, right. you know, have our moments and all that other kind of stuff, but we'll forgive y'all. But let a woman cheat, and it's, it's just about over. And I just, you know, I, I guess I, I, I just, I don't, I don't think it's fair, and it's not always about being fair because life isn't fair. But I, I really would like to explore with you the the, the dynamics of that, or why why the double standard? It's just really. Yep, I would love to. I would love to. Our, our okay. we men, our masculinity is very fragile. I I see, which which is seems like an oxymoron, masculinity yep. Yep. and fragility. Wow. Yep. I will. <laughs> well, I will look forward to it. Being a man, I will look forward to it. Okay, I'd love to hear about it as well. Before I let you go, please, please, please give out your contact information and where people can contact you uh, if they would like to talk to you and see about setting up an appointment with you to help counsel and bring healing and restoration to their families. Sure. I'm in Sterling, Virginia, um, and that's about four miles outside of Dulles Airport. And my phone number, the best way to get in contact with me, is at 703-858-9624. And um, and that's about it. That's the easiest way. And if, if people are calling me and they're too far away to come here, they can call me. I'd be glad to refer them to a therapist in the area that's uh, good. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great night. And thank you once again for the Marriage Minute with Reverend John Fletcher. Thank you, Reverend Fletcher. Thanks, Tina. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. It's Thursday evening. Tomorrow is Friday, July 4th. It's coming up as we celebrate the nation's independence. I love the the July 4th holiday, and not just because of the hot dogs and the grilled um, hamburgers and my mouth is starting to water. (laughs) I love July 4th. So I don't know what plans you guys have, but uh, make sure you let me know what plans you have. Just hit number one if you're calling in. Uh, and if not, you can join us in the chat room. We've been chit-chatting about the show thus far. You know, we are here uh, live on Blog Talk Radio on the Music Box with your other sister, Tanya Delphus. And real quick, we're going to listen to my homegirl, Tanya Baker. She was two weeks ago. She's doing well on the charts. She's a recording artist who is doing her thing and her song, Miracles. I think right now is in the top 20 on the charts. So you guys hear ye the anointed music ministry of my homegirl, fellow laborer, and peer, Tanya Baker. The song is entitled Miracle.
wanted to share a little bit of information with you all as our show draws to a close. There is a music and art workshop that's coming right here to our area. That's right. For those of you in the DMV area, uh, First Mount, no, this is, this is, oh, I lost the church information. Let me find it. Oh, Tanya, shame on you. Um, while I look for that, yes, here we go. First AME is having a music workshop, and they are located in Manassas, Virginia. And that is coming up on July the 9th, uh, that weekend. On Thursday and Friday evening, they're having workshops on dance, step, vocal technique, uh, as well as a workshop just for the musicians. The price is just $35 for adults and $15 for youth, which includes dinner and breakfast for all three days. So their workshop clinicians are Lonnie Hunter. You guys know who he is. He is a recording artist, but he's also on Radio One's Praise 104.1 here, right here locally in the DMV, as well as Rose Harper. Uh, that person is the one who produced the song, Praise is What I Do. Yeah. So they're going to have some awesome, awesome uh, clinicians and some awesome things going on at the Music and Arts Workshop. So you guys be sure to... Uh, Look into that and support First AME right here in Manassas, and I'll give you more information on that if you so desire. Again, they're having a music workshop, and let me look at my calendar. It's July 8th, 9th, and 10th, I believe. Uh, so looks like a great workshop, and man, if I don't live so far, I would make sure that I was there. Well, we're coming to a close of our show. I'm going to let you hear just a little bit of more of Miracles. And then we're going to close out the show. And uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Music Box with your homegirl, Tanya Dallas Woods, on this Thursday evening. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Music Box as our show comes to a close. Just wanted to give you more information about the music workshop. Uh, it's called Reaching and Releasing Your God-Given Gift. And the dates are, oh, my, I just had my eyes on it, I tell you. If you want more information, I believe it's July 8th, 9th, and 10th. If you want more information, all you have to do is go to www.famechurch.com. So it looks like famechurch.com. Or just simply call 
8791 extension 237 for more information. Again, their workshop uh, starts on Friday night uh, with a concert at 7 p.m. featuring Lonnie Hunter from the Lonnie Hunter Show, as well as Rose Harper from Sakina Glory Ministries, and Benny Hunley, who is the Minister of Music at First A&E. So you guys, please, please, here we go. It's Thursday, July 7th through Saturday, July the 9th, and it's the Music and Arts Ministry Workshop at First A.M.E. Church. So you guys make sure you register for that. It's going to be an amazing weekend. And, again, for adults, 18 and over, it's just $35. And youth, it's just $15. And youth is ages 5 to 17. All righty. I'm so glad tomorrow's Friday. I know I've said that a million times, but I just so, so am. want to send a shout-out to my mama, evangelist, pastor, minister, Tina L. Dallas, for hanging out with us on the show today. And you know I can't let you guys go without playing some of my music. My name is Tanya Dallas-Lewis, and I am a recording artist, national, really international, uh, but we'll let you guys tell it. No bragging over here from me. And let's see, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't mind hearing, oh, I know some of us are going through some circumstances and some some things where we are needing God to come through in a mighty way, especially those of us who are looking uh, at some financial shortfalls and pitfalls. So I think the perfect song to end today's show would be Dance With You, all right? I wrote that song. It's track number four? Yes, track number four on my CD. Uh, so this Dance With You, and if you haven't heard it this week, make sure you listen to me say it to you. I love you. Hang on in there. You are not alone. God loves you more than you know, and uh, he wants to know you. And he does not want to be a mystery to you either. All right, this is Dance With You with Tanya Dallas-Lewis. And until next week, same time, same place, it's the Music Box with your other sis, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Y'all have a great weekend and enjoy Dance With You. Look me up, TanyaDallasLewis.com. Book me at your church as a workshop clinician, choir director, psalmist. I do more than one thing, so I'd love to come to your church and serve in ministry with you. See clearly when I dance with you.
by yours truly, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Support me by purchasing my debut CD. It's entitled Miracles, and you can find that at TanyaDallasLewis.com as well as iTunes, Amazon.com, all fine digital retailers really near you. Soon to be in stores. I am in one store. If you're in Buffalo, New York, you better go down to Doris Records and pick up my CD. That's right. So a big shout-out to Doris Records store owner, Mr. Mack. Thank you so much for carrying my product. And he's carrying everybody uh, who's somebody <laughs> in the gospel industry. It was too neat looking at his display in this record store and seeing my peers, people I know, Mr. Sean McLemore and Yolanda Adams and Fred Hammond and, man, I mean, people I shared the stage with. And then to see my CD sitting right up there, God dreams bigger dreams than we could ever dream. And I will never, never, I will never get used to <laughs> seeing my CD in the, the record store. So y'all support that. Before I end today's show, I have to, have to, have to play this song by a good friend of mine. He just played with me at Blues Alley here in D.C. They booked me to come and do an inspirational jazz night, other also known as gospel night, uh, at the historic Blues Alley. So y'all, I stood on the stage, same stage, uh, that Phyllis Hyman has stood on, that B.B. King has stood on. Uh, I think Brian McKnight was the night after me. I mean, it was amazing, and I was so honored that these people would seek me out to come and do an inspirational jazz night. And you know I sing, I sung stuff from the CD. If you miss it, you miss it. I'm not going to tell you what it was because your behind didn't come, then you missed it. But anyway. Let me stop running my mouth. This song is Be Encouraged by my dear friend Patrick Edwards and Agape. They are local, uh, and they go right uh, at to, oh, Lord, what is the church called? Is it Mount Zion? I think it is, uh, in um, Arlington, Virginia. So enjoy this. Uh, and then, like I said, I love you guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to spend time with me. And as soon as the song is done, uh, I will see you guys next Thursday same time, same place, on the music box. It's the place where you'll find the love inside. It's also the place where you'll find your other sis. That's right, me, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Love you guys. Have a great weekend, and happy July 4th, all right? Y'all be good. Bye-bye.